When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. McDavid, who earlier tonight scored his 30th. One-timer, cleft bomb, rebound, score! Milan Lucic with his third career hat-trick, and it's unnatural, Hattie! Riley's going to throw, looks to the left side, throws now over the top, that is complete, across the 15 to the 10, touchdown Eskimos, Bryant Mitchell! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So launching into a busy little stretch of preseason home games for the Edmonton Oilers. Tomorrow, Vancouver. A lot of the Canucks are in China. Today they played the LA Kings in Shanghai and lost 5-2. They'll play in Beijing on Saturday. But the Oilers got Vancouver tomorrow. They have Winnipeg on Saturday. And then they host Carolina on Monday before meeting the Hurricanes again Wednesday in Saskatoon. We have a lot to talk about with the Oilers. They did make some cuts today in terms of sending guys down to uh, the Bakersfield Condors. We'll go over those. Kyler Yamamoto, pretty positive story so far through camp. We'll get into that a little bit more as well. Don't forget the game against the Canucks tomorrow night, 5.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chet, and the game will start at 7. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07. This is Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always great to talk to you. You can text 630-630 if you feel like interacting. You can also call 780-496-0063. The Eskimos are on a bye week. They have brought back defensive back Aaron Grimes, who was an all-star, was a Grey Cup champion with the Eskimos in 2015, went to the NFL, tried his hand with the Philadelphia Eagles, was trying again this fall, and now he decides, you know what, I'm just going to come back to the green and gold. He has been signed for the remainder of the season, and then uh, after that we'll see. He'll probably look at the NFL again, but maybe the Eskimos can lock him up long-term. But anyway, they get him back for the rest of the season. They're secondary, beat up with injuries, of course, as most of the team has been, so that'll be really good to have Grimes back in the lineup. Eskimos host Winnipeg on Saturday the 30th, and uh, our chorus stations are going to have a double dip that night. We'll have the Oilers game on Ched. The Eskimos will be on Kiss and Country 103.9. So that is pretty cool. The Oilers 3-0 and in the pre- preseason. They won both games against the Calgary Flames on Monday. Last night in Winnipeg, a game where it, it looked like, all right, the, the Jets have a much better lineup. They had all eight of their leading scorers from last season in the lineup. The Oilers only had two of their top eight from last year, that being Latestu and Nugent Hopkins. And it looked like that early, the Jets controlling the play, getting a couple of power plays, some good scoring opportunities. They went up one nothing, And then the Oilers kind of settled the game down. 
got their feet moving a little bit, got checking a little bit harder, couple of quick goals. They get another one later in the period. Uh, a couple goals off skates. I, I would have probably reversed which one counted and didn't count it. The Kyler Yamamoto one did not count. The UC Yokonen one did. Uh, but Yamamoto gets an empty netter right at the end of the game, and they win it 4-1. Preseason, it's all we have to go on right now. I don't want to get too carried away, but I will say this in terms of the Oilers' overall game and what we've seen now going into the third season with Todd McClellan and the same coaching staff in place. And it's been a long time since we said that about the Edmonton Oilers. The same coaching staff, same head coach in place for three consecutive seasons. I I think you saw an Oilers team that is very structured and very organized and knows how they want to play, how their coach wants them to play. And I know know a couple guys were texting last night, plan the parade, it's a... Okay, fine, Of, of course... You know, we, we, we're not going to get carried away. But I, I think that's a positive where you can look at a team like that and say they have some veteran guys, you know, but they had some young guys in the lineup and everybody kind of falls into the same system, understands what the standards are, understands what the structure of the team is, understands what the coaches want, understands what's going to be successful, and they can kind of settle a game down and, and get back into it. You know, so I, I think overall that's a good sign. And I think we saw that last year too that this is a team that is developing more of a successful identity and there's been a lot of talk about that that culture word you know it's a team that the culture is you have high standards you you don't freelance you don't go outside the system and i thought there was good evidence of that last night you're not going to get any awards for a september 20th win in the preseason but i you know I, I think that's just an indication of how the team has progressed under todd mcclellan a lot of people watching young kyler yamamoto two goals in two games i mentioned he had one disallowed as well and i uh, caught up with him speaking about his preseason feel good um the older guys they're definitely uh, you know making me feel a part of the team and um you know, calming my nerves for a game, so it's uh, really good to see. Did you kick it? Uh, you know, I tried to get out with my skate, and my skate actually was redirected at the net, so um, I didn't try to kick it, but I guess can't really do anything about it. No replay in that game, so you got to live with what they call right away, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, what, tell me a little bit of just how you feel about your game through through Penticton. I mean, you know, you're a first-round pick, so in this city, everybody's going to watch you. How do you feel you've uh, handled maybe not just your own expectations, but of, of everybody looking at you? Uh, you know, I think I think uh, game by game, I've gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, my first two preseason games, a little shaky in the first. Um, you know, just just those nerves. But I think um, as the game got more on, you know, I started to settle in and I started to play my game more. And, um, you know, I think I'm just trying to get better every day, and I think um, you know I've accomplished that so far. How have you felt going against guys with more experience? You know, some guys who are are, are pretty big, and, and I know you're used to being asked the size question, but just older guys, more experienced guys. How do you feel you've hung in there against them, especially when you're forechecking? I think I'm good. Um, you know, that we're all human, so um, it's it's tough, but it's definitely intimidating. But you know, just go in there with the same mentality. You know, you got to have that confidence. You, you know, you got to be able. Um, to know that you can win that battle because if you're going in there um, shaky and if, if you're going to win that battle, then uh, most likely you're not going to win it. So I just try to go in the same mentality I've always had and um, try to win every battle I have. What was it like playing with UC Jokinen and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, veteran guys? I mean, in Jokinen's approaching 900 career games, what was it like being on a line with them? 
it was unbelievable um, being able to play with those two veterans. Um, it was amazing to play with them. They're both so talented and um, tremendous hockey players. And, um, you know, they, they used me right into the line, and it was, um, you know, just a great feeling and, um, you know, something I'll probably never forget. What's the biggest thing you've learned over the last two or three weeks? Um, just play your game. Um, you know, don't try to overthink stuff. Just play your game and um, go out and have some fun and uh, make plays. Kyler Yamamoto, second NHL preseason game on a line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 395 regular season games, UC Jokinen, 891. <laughs> so, but, but, uh, but the line clicked, and uh, Yamamoto, you know, look, at, at some point, we're, we're going to stop asking about his size. He's, he's probably sick of it. There's a point where I'm going to get sick of asking, and you'll get sick of hear, hearing about it. Uh, but, it, but you know, there's some relevance to that now. He's going up against pro guys, some bigger guys. And, and I, I loved how he was candid there. He said, sure, it can be intimidating, but i got to remind myself what my strengths are and not try to go outside of that. And Todd McClellan was happy to hear that comment from Yamamoto. Well, I like the attitude and I like the approach. If he begins to play outside of what his skill set allows him to do, he's likely not going to have any success. And he knows his limitations size-wise, and uh, I really don't think there's many of them because he plays situations so smart. Um, you know, there'll be the odd time where he'll get out-muscled or somebody heavier will, will, will win the battle, but um, nine out of ten times he's positioned himself so well and anticipates well that um, he can play the game uh, built the way he is. So uh, I like his attitude. I like his approach that way. And, um, you know, as far as recognizing the opposition and, and uh, being a little anxious at times or nervous. Um, six foot seven guys are that way when they start and, and come out of junior. They, uh, everybody's a little bit nervous, so um, I don't think that has anything to do with size. Yeah, good perspective there from Todd McClellan. All guys are nervous when they're trying to break into the NHL for sure. So Yamamoto, McClellan didn't say what the rosters are going to be for the next two days, but he did say he'll play at least once. Friday, Saturday. I think he'll play both. We'll see. These 13 players are going to Bakersfield. Ethan Bear, Ben Betker, Greg Chase, Braden Christopher, Joe Gambardella, Ziat Pagant, Kyle Platzer, Shane Sterrett, Chad Butcher, Josh Curry, Ryan Hamilton, Zach O'Brien, and Evan Poli. Caleb Jones still around on defense, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him tomorrow. We'll keep going with the Oilers chat. Drew Remenda from the Sportsnet broadcast booth when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Royals leading the Blue Jays, 1-0, top of the fifth. Uh, Jays doing much better than last night when they lost 15-5. NFL game tonight, Rams-San Francisco. That starts in a few minutes. We'll keep you updated. Kevin from Stoney has texted 630-630. He says, hey, Reed, how about a new drinking game? Every time we hear Yamamoto, we take a drink. Well, Kevin, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to hear it a lot in the regular season this year, but uh, some years down the road you might. And Kevin from Stoney also predicting that uh, Yarmir Yager will sign with the Chicago Blackhawks. We will see. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Drew Remenda, the analyst for the Oilers games on Sportsnet, kind enough to join us tonight. Drew, welcome back to the show. What's going on? Do you want to hear Yamamoto this year? Uh, I don't think we'll hear it. Well, we'll hear it in a couple more preseason games. Yeah, I don't think we want to hear it, do we? I mean, if this is a kid makes a team, makes a team, and good on him if he's able to do it. <clears throat> but this is now a team you don't have to push 
young guys up to the forefront too soon. Now you can develop them. He can go back to Spokane. He can, he can, um, you know, perfect his craft. He can continue to be a better player and get stronger. Uh, I think you're, if you, this team is now in a position where they don't have to rush young guys in the lineup. I think you're right. I think from a story standpoint, he he's done what he had to do. And look, a lot of times, guys, there, there, to me, there was nothing to lose with him. If he came yeah. in and, and was you know really quiet out there, you didn't notice him. He couldn't forecheck. Then you're like, okay, he he goes back and he has some things to work on. But good for him for seizing the opportunity to this point that has think, been in I front of him. I think he's trying to make the team, and that's good. I I, I think he is. As you said, he's seizing the opportunity, and he's trying to make the team, and that's what you want. You want you want the kid to push. He's. He, I'll say this for him: he's not intimidated. I think he has a lot of confidence, uh, which is which is important. Clearly, I don't know if you heard the clip he gave, but he yeah. said, you know, he had to kind of just calm down and remember what got him to this level. I, I you know, and I think if he gets four preseason games total. That's that's going to be very valuable when it comes around to camp next year because I, I I think he's starting to you know think to himself like hey I fit in they trusted me enough to play with Nugent Hopkins uh, and Jokic I I just think look I I, I know somebody texted last night and said you know he's going to go get back to Spokane absolutely I believe that's the most likely outcome um, but look let, let, if we want to compare right wingers. Who, who's been better in the preseason? And even if you lump in last year, Yamamoto's made more of an impact and been more noticeable than Jesse Puglia-Yarvi has. And I think that's interesting to talk about, too. Yeah. I, I mean, Jesse's kind of an enigma to me. He has got the size. He's got the skill. But I think he lacks that confidence that Yamamoto has. Um, and, and, you know, last year it's tough. I mean, an 18-year-old kid coming over and he's... Mm-hmm. he's um, he doesn't speak very much English. He's pretty much a young man on an island. He's, he's it's a tough, that's a tough transition. So bringing UC Okanen in to help him and, and kind of mentor him and take him under his wing is a brilliant move by Peter, and I think will pay dividends. And I think with with Yassi that you're going to see eventually. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be like months down the road, even years down the road. I think this year. Um, you'll see him as, as he gets in the lineup and as things progress and, and he gets back used to that speed of the, NHL, of the NHL versus the AHL, I think he's going to be okay because he's got all the tools. Mm-hmm. But you're right as far as Yamamoto's made a bigger impact and been more of a, a talking point and more of an exciting player than, than, uh, than yes. I guess it's pretty hard to come in and, again, try to find your way. I think yes, he's just... I don't want to say he's shy, but he is he's certainly introspective. That's an interesting way to put it. He and Todd McClellan said he was in the position a couple of times on Monday against the Flames to get a good shot away. Uh, but you know there was a bit of a flub, and, and then yeah. kind of kind of a half shot. So and that's the and I remember you 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 we were talking about a couple of years ago, maybe even a few years ago. I was saying, well, this guy like he's trying really hard, and you were like, Reed. It's yeah. not a try league. It's a results league. So it's, not, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm, you know, as you know, I'm a father of three, and, and every once in a while I get from the kids, and my kids are older now. I get try. Drives me nuts. <laughs> my, my my dad, who was really hard on us, I have two older brothers. My father would flip out when we'd say we're trying. 
He said, life isn't trying. Life is getting it done. If you want to be successful, it's about getting it done. Don't give me try. I am up to here with try. And I guess it's kind of now that I'm 55, I'm starting to sound like my old man a little bit more than I ever probably wanted to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm at that point now, too. I don't want to hear about try. This, and, and especially in the National Hockey League, you're in professional sports. People who try in professional sports usually don't last in professional sports. You've got to get it done. And, and, and the NHL is a get-it-done league. And, and, boy, we've seen that because there are a lot of good triers out there. And they've fa- fallen by the wayside. So trying for me is... It, it, it's like when people say, well, they worked hard. Well, that should be a given. That should be an automatic. It's, it's hustle and work ethic and, and giving everything you've got physically and emotionally. That's, that's part of the bargain when you get to strap on the blades. So to me, um, trying is... I can I, I, now I sound like no, I sound like Bill Remenda now, but I, I start to flip out when I hear try. <laughs> well, and if you legitimately are working hard and not getting results, then maybe you're not working in the right way. You know, exactly. right? Maybe you're it's not, you're not directing it uh, yeah. at the right. Uh, speaking work smart versus work hard. Right. Speaking of trying, and Drew, I didn't give you a lot of time tonight, but we'll wrap up with this. Speaking <laughs> of trying. Uh, Chris Kelly is legitimately trying. He's on a professional try-out contract. Given the Oilers' strength down the middle, uh, is there room for Chris Kelly on this team? Could he hang around as just a 13th, 14th forward who doesn't have a position? Or uh, is this not the right spot for him, do you think? No, I think this could be a good spot for him. Mm -hmm. I think this could be a spot where um, he could be that guy that fills in now. Obviously, Peter knows him well. Um, He's a guy that can... He's been around. He understands the game. He has been in, in good organizations. He's been in you know, winning organizations. He, he understands, I think now at this point of his career, where he can be an impact guy. And I think when you look at last year, when Todd talked about Milan Lucic, he talked about uh, Matt Hendricks, he talked about guys that were in the room being assistant coaches, players who were assistant coaches who were really helping. I think Chris can, can help that. He's not going to be a, a distraction. Um, he's not going to be pouting about ice time. I think he's going to be trying to help everybody around him. From all reports, he's an unbelievable teammate. Um, if you can get him and a guy like Eric Greiba and all those guys on your side, and they'll be, they'll be patting guys on the back when they need to, taking them under wing and helping them, and then when they get the opportunity to play, they will max out for you. All right. Drew, uh, we usually go for longer, but I got the news coming up. I know we're going to do this uh, several times throughout the season. Thanks for checking in tonight, buddy. Appreciate it. No problem, Reach. Good talking to you. That is Drew Romenda, Oilers analyst for their broadcast on Sportsnet. A little more Oilers talk coming up. We'll also preview the Western Hockey League season. Cam Moon from the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth and Connor McDonald. There's an interesting name for a junior player in Edmonton from the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's going to join us as well. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. So the Oilers still with four goalies in camp. Talbot, Brassois, Ellis, and Pasquale. So I'd expect at least one of the games this weekend to be split between two goaltenders. We'll have the game against the Canucks for you tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show. Game will start at 7 here on 6.30 Jets, same times on Saturday, the opponent will be the Winnipeg Jets. Interesting start to the Thursday night football game, L.A. Rams at San Francisco. So 
The Rams kick off, goes for a touchback, so no time goes off the clock. Brian Hoyer for the Niners throws an interception on the very first play from scrimmage. The Rams take it down to the three-yard line. They hand off, touchdown, 12 seconds into the game. Rams are up 7-0. 12 seconds into the game. Man. The San Francisco 49ers, by the way, 0-2. They have not scored a touchdown this season. Have not scored a touchdown this season. And they're already down a, a touchdown to the Rams. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. Tonight, the Blue Jays playing out the string down one nothing to the Royals. That game is in the sixth inning. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Drew Amanda and I were talking about trying, effort, results. And this texter says, Yoda says either do or do not because you try is why you fail. LOL. Oh, there you go. Little Yoda Star Wars logic always well placed on this show. Patrick Bowers, our studio producer this evening. Patrick, old boy, how are you doing? Uh, good. Good, you? Good, good. You ready to rock and roll tonight? Yeah, born ready. <laughs> born ready. That's, that's great. Uh, did you watch the Oilers game last night? Did you stream it, or were you busy? Busy. You're really going to school or something. I am you? swamped, man. Like butter spread over too much toast read, I'm surprised <laughs> I have time to be here. <laughs> well, that's okay. I tell you what, I do have time for. You're going to have to work on that one, I, I think. I got tickets to see you do stand-up. Oh, are you going to that? I am going to that, yes. Oh, cool. I wouldn't miss it, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, get set to be disappointed. Yeah, if you hear a boo <laughs> from the background, you know who it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate your support. Uh, that'll be, what is that? Uh, is it October 12th, I think? October 12th. I got tickets right here, yeah. Yeah, I think it's October 12th. Well, I, yeah. I guess I should probably figure out figure it out since I'm going to try to do it. Oh, I enjoy <laughs> doing it. I enjoy doing it. If a couple people laugh, I go home happy. Yeah, well, if nobody does... A couple does, people I'm not related to laugh, let me put it that way. If nobody does, I'll give you pity laughs in the background, you know? Well, Obviously see sarcastic the, ones, the, too. The, the, there is an advantage, and this is the third time I've done it, so I, I know what to expect, oh, and I'm going to you know, try some stuff. The, the good thing is about doing amateur stand-up comedy is that people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt. If you do a right. joke that's a 4 or 5 out of 10... People, I think people are going to laugh. If, if they're going to see a professional comedian and the joke is 4 or 5 out of 10, they're going to be like, well, I'm not Ooh. sure about this guy. That's when the booze come. Yeah, look, but if you're an amateur comedian and you got, you know, people are on the fence about whether or not it's funny, they're going to be like, well, I'm going to give a supportive laugh because I know what this this isn't that's, this person's profession. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's my experience from having done it. Yep. You know, and seeing other people do it. You know, pe- people are... And if you're going to a comedy show, you're going to laugh. So you're going to already be in that mindset anyway. Where you know, hey, I'm going to have a good time, right? I've already spent twenty bucks I mean, on you, banana you don't, cream pies. You don't, to throw you, don't, you don't go to a uh, you don't go to a steakhouse and complain that they don't have enough vegetarian dishes. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to draw on your personal experience that readily. Interesting stuff. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, Oilers uh, skating today. Here were the lines, uh, as you might expect. McDavid between Maroon and Strom. Dreisaitl with Lucic and Kajula. Nugent Hopkins centered Jokinen and Puglia-Yarvi. So Puglia-Yarvi back with those guys. Latestu with Kara and Cassian. Kelly, Pakarinen, and Yamamoto. That is your top 15 right now. We uh, aren't sure what they're going to dress tomorrow. That fourth line, Latestu, Kara, 
Cassian could be one of the best fourth lines in the NHL if they stay intact. And uh, Latestu already with three goals in the preseason. He was such a big boost to the Oilers' power play last season. And Todd McClellan continues to give him rave reviews. Well, I could just start in the locker room and, and give you probably five or six as far as leadership and decision-making and uh, you know, a level head, um, a good teammate. Uh, somebody that we lean on and, and rely upon in the locker room a lot. He's part of the leadership group. Then when we get on the ice, um, you if you didn't know him, if you just came to training camp and you didn't know him, you, I don't even know if you think initially you'd keep him on your team. Uh, but as you watch him play and you understand how his mind works, how he thinks the game, how he positions himself, you use him in every situation. Power play, penalty kill, face-offs, uh, six on five, five on four, um, you know, he's just a uh, jack of all trades. And um, in my opinion, he seems to be getting better as he gets a little bit older and uh, feels more comfortable and more confident. So good for him. And Jujar Kara really liking being on that fourth line. Yeah, I think, you know, they've made it really easy for me to come in and play with them. They're both great players. And I think uh, we complement each other really well. And, Having Mark, you know, someone that's a rock for our line, and then Zach, someone that's fast, skates, and he's not afraid to get dirty. He's, um, I think it makes a good combination. Could That could be a really interesting line for the team. You know, Jujar Kara last season got into 10 games, got his first goal. I thought he was a little uncomfortable handling the puck, especially in his first few games last season. Maybe a little nervous, wasn't quite ready to do something with it. Looks very confident here in the preseason. He has scored in both games, had a couple of good scoring opportunities in each as well that he didn't cash in. He benefits from Cassian taking that puck to the net last night and gets the tapping goal on the cross-crease pass. He mentioned Cassian's toughness and speed and Latestu's intelligence and ability to do a little bit of everything. So, you know, again, a lot of this is going to depend on the health of the team because if guys above them get hurt, they might have to slide up in the lineup. But if that fourth line can stay intact... That's a nice little piece of depth for the Oilers as they move along. One other thing about Jujar here, he has switched numbers from 54 to 16. Actually, it was my first number I've, I ever wore playing playing hockey. Um, favorite number is 11, but obviously that's retired, and there's no questions asked there. It rightfully should be, but um, I wore 16 in Prince George and just thought I'd bring it back. All right, there's Jujar Kara. It is 642. The Western Hockey League set to go. We will have a preview with Cam Moon out of the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, the man we were just talking about. Three goals in two games for the Oilers. I expect he, I expect he will get the night off tomorrow when the Oilers play Vancouver. 530 here on 630 Chet. Game starts at 7. The Edmonton Oil Kings will open the Western Hockey League season in Red Deer Saturday night. They will then host the Rebels. 4 o'clock, Rogers plays Sunday afternoon. Going to be interesting to see how the Oil Kings do this season. Obviously, a really tough second half. Last year, they had that 16-game losing streak. Connor McDonald, one of their defensemen, went through that. He'll join us later on on the program. But to preview the league with the big stories, it is Cam Moon our old buddy from the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth, who must have been thrilled to see former Rebel Ryan Nugent Hopkins get three assists last night, Cam. 
absolutely ecstatic to see that. And to hear Danzig coming out of break there. I don't know who's in charge of the music, but he's doing a great job. That is Patrick Bauer. Always wow. good, always good, taking some initiative, playing tunes of his own choosing. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. They're always appropriate. So that's that was good. A good pull. Good pull with the Danzig. <laughs> you, uh, I mean, we talked about Nuge before. Uh, you know, you know, he's going to be the the eyes are going to be on him because of the contract, because of an underwhelming point total last season. But uh, you've seen this guy do great things, and you might remain more confident in him than anybody else in the province. Yeah, I, and I am confident. I'm confident that he'll have a a great season. He's not going to be put in a in a yeah, I wouldn't think a first line situation very often and I think he'll be great greatly suited to be second line guy and I think he can be very successful and I I know what the mental makeup is of him I know what the character is of that young man and I think he'll have a a very good year just everybody has to pump the brakes a little bit get off his back he'll be fine (laughs) well intriguing with him playing with uh with Jokinen and then we'll see who but I mean Nugent Hopkins said he he is focused so much on his on his two-way game on his defensive game we know he's going to have to improve his face-offs he did check pretty well most of last season um but some of the offense went away and and he said when he came to training camp that he just has to kind of tell himself that it's okay sometimes to feel like you're taking a risk because you got to get on the board. And maybe Jokinen, that veteran guy, maybe provides a little bit of that security blanket where Nugent Hopkins says, oh, wait a minute, I'm not with an inexperienced guy on my left side that isn't going to know where to be if if I really go for it. So, you know, maybe that's going to turn out to be a good duel. Yeah, it might very well help uh, having that type of experience with him and just having that type of experience added to the team i can't see how it will hurt but i I think it'll help him personally uh to grow as a player Uh, and he is working a lot on his defensive side of the game i think ryan does a good job with that i i just i hope he has a great year i think he will uh but i uh i think that adding that veteran is going to help quite a bit all right, Cam, we brought you on to talk a little bit about uh, the Western Hockey League. It's getting going. Uh, I mentioned uh, you got the uh, the Rebels have the home-and-home home against the Oil Kings, so you're, you'll be calling those for uh, the folks in the Red Deer region. Uh, look, l- let me let me start this way. We'll, we'll start maybe at where, where we expect at the top of the league. Regina's hosting the Memorial Cup in 2018. They're in. Uh, they had a good year last year, led by Edmonton Area Products' Sam, Sam Steele. Is this season all about the Pats and them trying to roll through everybody and get to the top? Or are they going to be possibly the defining story this season? How do you look at it? I think they still have some work to do. They had a great year last year, They were and full marks to them. They won the Eastern Conference. They played Seattle in the WHL final and had an amazing season. That was a... Uh, a championship-caliber team that came up just a little bit short in that final series. But they've graduated a lot of players from last year's team. I, I look at their top four defense. Three of them have moved on. Josh Mahura, who's from St. Albert, and Anaheim Duck pick. He's one of the top four that returns. But they've, they've got to do a little, little work there. Adam Brooks, who had 130 points last year, moves on to the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. So he's out of the mix. They lose other guys up front. Philip All moves on to the uh, Ottawa Senators. Their uh, Dawson Leadall moves on to the New York Rangers. These are just guys up front. 
and they do have some, some injuries right now of guys that are going to be out long term. Uh, Austin Wagner is one of them. I know Nick Henry is going to be out for a little while. Wagner is going to be out for a while. Uh, so the, I think they still have to. They are going to be a very good team. Make no doubt about that. But they and they will make moves between now and January 10th, which is the WHL trading deadline. But to me, the odds-on team in not only the East Division but the Eastern Conference has to be the Moose Jaw Warriors. I look at what they're returning, and they're returning a ton. Uh, there's plenty of scoring there. Jaden Holbegawaks, who was a, a big part of that offense last year. Braden Burke, who's an Edmonton product, played Canadian Athletic Club. Brett Howden, a Tampa Bay Lightning draft pick. Noah Gregor is also a local product. He's a San Jose Shark draft pick. Those guys, they're, that's their top four scores. They're all coming back. Uh, they're going to have uh, depth and goal. Uh, Brody Wilms has been there for the last couple of years. Zach Sochenko has moved on to the University of Alberta, which is a great pull for the U of A Bears, I might add. He could have played as a 20-year-old this year in the WHL. Chose to go play for the Bears, and I think he'll be very successful in CIS hockey. But to me, in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Regina Pats, I think they're going to have their mitts full with the Moose Jaw Warriors all year. And that is one of the greatest rivals in the WHL. I think uh, that's going to ramp up a little bit this year. Well... That's well. You're right. That's a great. I mean, it would be incredible if some. Well, Regina's in. So I guess if yeah. uh, Moose Jaw won the because they can't play in the league final because they're in the same conference. So right. Moose Jaw would have to win the league to get in. That'd be incredible if they somehow oh. uh, both got in. Uh, from the perspective, let's do uh, the, the two teams here that you're going to be calling on the weekend. We'll start with your uh, with your Red Deer Rebels. Uh, by the way, Evan Evan Poli. Uh, sent to Bakersfield today, as we expected. He had some good moments uh, for the Oilers in the rookie tournament in Penticton. Uh, you know, I think uh, maybe there's some potential there. Big guy who has to keep getting to the net to be successful. Uh, what, where are the Rebels here in their cycle, and what's your prognosis for this season? I see them improving on last year's club. Uh, last year's team made the playoffs, took the Lethbridge Hurricanes seven games. Rebels were the underdog going into that. Lethbridge went on to the East Final, eventually losing to the Regina Pats. So the Red Deer, a year after hosting the MasterCard Memorial Cup, thought had a pretty good year uh, making the playoffs. I think they'll be a little better this season. And yeah, some guys have moved on. Evan Poli is one of them. Adam Musil will play somewhere in the St. Louis Blues organization. Michael Spachek is somewhere in the Winnipeg Jets organization. But the team has, has made some moves to help bolster the scoring. Mason McCarty comes in. Uh, he's from Blackie, Alberta. Uh, originally a Rebels WHL Bantam draft, but uh, he got traded his 17-year-old year to Saskatoon. He comes back from Saskatoon as a 20-year-old. Christian Reichel, who's the, the son of Robert Reichel, who played in the NHL. Christian Reichel just went to the Winnipeg Jets camp. He's been outstanding for the team. He comes from the Czech Republic, played for Czech Republic last year at the World Juniors. And then the entire defense corps returns minus one guy, Colton Bobick, who was a 20-year-old last year. So all those guys are experienced. There's quite a bit of experience on the team throughout the lineup. And Lane Zablocki, Detroit Red Wing draft pick. Brandon Hagel, who's from Morinville. He's a Buffalo Saber draft. He'll be returning tomorrow. Uh, there's still a lot here. I think Red Deer, quite honestly, from what I've seen through the preseason, I think they'll be able to push Medicine Hat and Lethbridge I, it, amongst those top three in the Central Division. 
All right, which means you have the Oil Kings uh, not in the top three, possibly fighting for a wild card. I mean, they, they survived that epic losing streak last season, and by most accounts, they kept their attitudes pretty strong during that. I'll ask defenseman Connor McDonald about that a little bit later on. Uh, I'm interested to get your perspective, uh, Cam. The, 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 what I'm hearing is that the Oil Kings uh, probably will be a very hardworking team who maybe might have trouble finding goals. Yeah, and I think that's that's a fair assessment. But they do have guys back that will be expected to produce offensively. Davis Kosh, Trey Fix, Wolanski, uh, Colton Keller. Those are all guys that are going to be expected to score, and they most certainly can. And there's there's a lot of experience on that blue line. And, yeah, they had a tough second half of the season, but they kept battling. And they, they pushed, they pushed, and, and I thought they got better. And we're going to see that this year. So I think they are going to close the gap, and they're going to challenge hard, and are going to fight. You know, I think they'll be able to to push hard for a playoff spot. And there's no doubt in my mind they will, uh, with the ex- experience that those young guys gained last year, because they were put in all sorts of situations, certainly in the second half, uh, if not in the first half. So I think they'll uh, they'll try to push that envelope a little bit. It's tough. I mean. You, Junior hockey is cyclical, and you have your ups and your downs. The Oil Kings go to the WHL final three years in a row, which is, is certainly up, but as up as you can get. And they win it twice. And they win a Memorial Cup in there, too. So they, they had a pretty good run, and now it's a, a bit of a down cycle. Well, you're, when you're at the top like that, when you're, you're making a few deals around WHL trading deadline and you're probably trading some draft picks and some prospects in there, and then you're picking lower every year, too, it eventually it catches up. Red Deer saw the exact same thing. In the early 2000s, the team went to the WHL final three years in a row. Right. And the year after that, they went to the Eastern Conference final. But then after that, then they uh, they kind of felt the hit of being at the top for that long. But uh, Edmonton's uh, starting to bounce back, and I think they'll be they'll be a tough opponent. And I know there'll be lots of Oil King fans here on Saturday night, which makes a better environment quite honestly makes it a really good environment because it makes the rebel fans make a bit of noise so i'm looking forward to this weekend it's going to be fun yeah uh, yeah it's uh, and the great thing about junior hockey there's always something unpredictable that happens so who knows which team and which direction it's going to take a team this season camp we'll get you on throughout the season of course always appreciate your insight into the dub have a great call on the weekend buddy we'll talk to you soon thanks go oilers there we go cam moon from the red deer rebels broadcast booth we will uh you're gonna like this one i think we will talk about officiating in football the cfl zebras have been under fire brian small used to officiate in the cfl he's now the head ref for canada west talk about training young officials as well inside sports on chet